Anthony, it's been a big year for 2023 when it comes to freight stories. And one of my favorite things that we do here at Freight Waves to round out the year, we ask our very talented staff of editorial writers to go ahead and pick out their top 10 stories of the year. This is everything that's been written in the year and we rank them from 10 to one. Of course, one being the biggest story that we have seen in 2023. So we're gonna go ahead and count you through some of our top 10 and we'll have a little bit of a discussion about what's going on with all of these stories that made some big time headlines on FreightWaves.com this year. We're gonna start off with our number 10 story coming in at number 10. We've got news from TQL, which of course saw a class action lawsuit come down owing thousands of former employees overtime pay because of worker misclassifications. Let's talk about this big time brokerage, big name, big payout potentially. That's right, and this is one, if nothing, TQL always runs a tight operation. And we've heard, of course, the whole stories around N9 competes and all these stories around TQL. So it's no surprise that they were to make some headlines throughout 2023, but this was a, definitely a big one. I think it's a good job that it's on the top 10 list because it definitely set the year off on a strong note of stories. But this was a huge story coming out from such a popular brokerage with a lot of folks that come into the industry with no experience. They go to mm -hmm. TQL and then it's just like a, hey, welcome to freight. Absolutely. And Matt Leffler has some thoughts about this one as well, which we'll hear from him a little bit later on coming up. We're going to move on into number nine. And of course, this year was the full year of the freight recession, and it's been really, really tough. So we've seen bankruptcies that run pretty much rampant across the industry, and really no one was exempt from this, whether you were a carrier or you were a brokerage. The shippers were, were kind of insulated from this, but lots of folks declaring bankruptcy this year. Our writer, Clarissa Hawes, was very busy talking about bankruptcies. Was there anyone who went bankrupt and will exclude Convoy from this conversation yellow as well? That was really surprising to you this year. So those are definitely gonna be some of my top two that we were kind of talking about, but I think some of the more surprising ones were some that kind of got caught from maybe, I would say operations that weren't running as efficient as they mm -hmm. should have been that Clarissa um, brought to her light. And so one of the big things that we kind of saw was instances of fraud, instances of folks that were maybe taking advantage of conditions that were happening throughout the pandemic and got caught uh, throughout 2023. And I think those are the biggest surprise because they were able to hide under the radar for so long. Yeah, and the interesting thing about a lot of the bankruptcies that came forward this year is they weren't just targeted with small carriers or these smaller brokerages. A lot of them came out of operations that seemed to be successful, mm -hmm. as you were mentioning, but it almost kind of was like this, almost like false sense of security, I guess I would call it right, going forward is that it really kind of proved that not everybody has the protection that they think that they do for when the freight market downturns. Right, yeah, and I think that's one of the big things that we're kind of looking at going into 24. How are people positioned? How are large operations, how are medium, and how are small players positioned right now for going into 2024? And I think so many people have seen so many of maybe their competitors fall by the wayside. So going into this new year after really getting through all of this storm throughout 2023, it will be rough to see those other players in the market, operators in the market, to fall by the wayside going into the new year. Yeah, I mentioned this when we were talking about the Future of Fate Festival and recapping that event for us. There was kind of a sense of gratitude from a lot of people. They were thankful to have made it through November, and I think they're going to be even more grateful to have made it through 2023 and into what will hopefully be an upturn in 2024. This leads us exactly into our next story. Number eight, of course, inflation, inflation, inflation. <laughs> and Anthony, this is your little bit of a sweet spot. Of course, inflation kind of peaked, I would say, around the midpoint of the year. Now that we are into December, we've actually seen it come down a pretty big step. So much so that the Fed has said that they are looking at dropping rates at mm. least a couple times in 2024. 
From your economic perspective, was inflation the worst that we had seen it post-COVID in 2023? And is there hope for the American consumer going into the new year? Definitely. So I think when we look at inflation, there's different perspectives to kind of take into account because it's almost like a compounding thing. So when we start to see inflation coming down, it hasn't gone negative or there haven't been decreases, but the rate of increase has started to slow. So even though we've started to see maybe, you know, a, a slower rate of increase, there's still increases nonetheless. So it's a good sign that we're starting to see some of that acceleration pull back. And so, as you mentioned, we're talking, hearing about cuts coming up in the upcoming year, which is, I think, very optimistic and I think a, a great sign potentially if we can manufacture a soft landing. I am pulling for that. Don't know. I think it might be a little bit too soon to call for an overall macroeconomic soft landing. But one of the big things is, is it's going to be harder to maintain inflation if we start to see a substantial drop in those interest rates because a lot of things happen when we start messing with those interest rates going up or down. So we know that there's kind of two levers for inflation control, right? You can control the workforce, you can control the rates. And now we're seeing the Fed maybe, okay, lose a little bit of control on that rates. They said if we raised rates so much, it helped a little bit. Now they're lowering rates to come back and combat some of that. Do we see a control on the workforce going forward? So I think, of course, um, Jay Powell is going to talk about that dual mandate that is he's looking to um, really kind of maneuver throughout the Fed in the U.S. I think the big saving grace throughout the macro economy has been the labor force. So if we think about the summer throughout 2023, of course, we had a lot of government spending, um, infrastructure spending, things like that. But on the consumer side, we saw so much spending mm -hmm. and it's been seen as a form of resilience. But of course, going out for travels, Beyonce, Drake. Taylor, Taylor Swift, Swift, of all people, just making headlines, not just with her music, but of course, her relationships, who would have guessed? But when we're looking at things like that, it really shows that there is still that appetite for consumers to spend and that service side. And so I think when we see a decline in any kind of significant changes in the job market, I think that's really where we start to see what the U.S. is made of. And I think that's a true sign of mm -hmm. resilience. Not when there's abundant jobs, over 8 million jobs, supposedly. And even though that there's somewhat of a bubble, um, I think true resilience will be shown when the job market comes all the way back down, how much spending is still left on the table, what is going to happen with credit card utilization, and of course, that black hole of buy now, pay later that mm -hmm. really has grown over the last couple of years here. So we've got two more stories left in this first top five. Coming in at number seven, big news from the Teamsters. They made some pretty big strides. Of course, we saw the news from the UPS labor contract that came up at the end of the summer. This was like the big story that wasn't, right? There was a lot of hype leading up to it. A lot of people were concerned with what would happen if UPS and the Teamster did not reach that labor deal. It ended up being agreed to, and this was kind of a massive win. And now the union feeling like it has a pretty big bargaining power to it. Right, yeah, and I, this was really almost like the year of strikes, essentially, yeah. and I'm sure there will be some other talking points throughout this top 10 list that we haven't gotten to yet, but really, this was one that wasn't just a U.S. thing, but we even saw it abroad as well. Mm -hmm. And so that's going to be another talking point that we're going to bring up in five through one. Spoiler alert, it's a big, <laughs> pretty big year for labor just outside of the Teamsters. But they saw that success with UPS. They've seen some other big successes. We saw that contract with DHL that was making headlines just these last few days. So big wins for Teamsters Union there. To go ahead and round out our first five for number 10 through six, we've got John Kingston joining us. He's gonna break down a story that happened so early in the year that I legitimately almost forgot that it happened in 2023. And we're talking, of course, the Night Swift acquisition of US Express. And joining us is John Kingston, our editor at large, to break this down a little bit. 
And John, it was really big time headline news because it was this massive acquisition of this truckload carrier. Of course, they're based here in Chattanooga. Of course, our founder and CEO, Craig Fuller's family is still directly involved with US Express as well. Talk to us a little bit about the story, when it broke and kind of the impacts that we've seen come down the pipeline since that acquisition was announced back in the spring. Well, it really was kind of a long time in coming. Uh, I've been covering US Express their uh, quarterly earnings for several years. And really the key thing to discuss is the variant initiative. Uh, it was undertaken about two years earlier. It was a very technology driven initiative to do truckload uh, booking and dispatching in a totally different way. Eric Fuller, the CEO of US Express, was kind of interesting as a, as a journalist. He was kind of interesting guy to, to listen to because he would talk about the truckload industry. And he said some things that really were true. He said, you know, we go on and on and on. We never grow. Um, and somebody's going to come along and do something that's going to change things. And I want it to be us. That's he didn't say that literally, but that's effectively what he said. So Variant was put as a like a, really a, a truckload company within a truckload company. Um, the, uh, the technology people that he hired were not trucking people. A lot of them were like out of Georgia Tech. The, the variant office was down in Atlanta. So you can kind of see that whole idea. We're going we're gonna to keep this separate. The fact is it didn't really work. Um, it was, like I said, it was an interesting initiative. Uh, there was also part of the variant uh, initiative was also to pay drivers very differently. Sort of a I, I'm sort of kind of a, a system where if, if you recruited somebody, you didn't just get a bonus like you you were able to continue to uh, to recoup rewards as that person went on. I mean, so if, if I if I recruited if I was a, a variant driver and I recruited you, Kaylee, uh, uh, to, to be a driver, as you did really well, money would flow to me. So they, for a while, they started breaking out the results of, of how Variant was doing within the U.S. Express earnings. And there was a quarter or two there where you could really see it working, like the, the, the retention rate for drivers, which has always been a problem, which had always been a problem at U.S. Express, was really pretty good. And you thought like, OK, maybe they're on to something. And by the end, by the last time that they broke out the Variant numbers, the turnover rate was like 150 percent. So which was probably worse than it was when U.S. It was just U.S. Express. So, you know, it failed. I mean, it really did. Um, the uh, We had one of the great freight markets of all time in uh, late 20 and through 2021 into 2022. And the fact is U.S. Express really didn't benefit from that at all. While other truckload carriers were posting uh, operating ratios to 90 percent, maybe less than 90 percent, you know, U.S. Express was still stuck up there around 97, 98 um, percent. Had it not been for variant, where would they have been? I really don't know. We can't know that. Uh, but obviously, the, the variant initiative did not make it. I, I want to say one thing about technology-driven initiatives. And you mentioned Convoy earlier. I had a story this week that I wrote out of the Benish Transportation Conference. And there was a panel there on technology and it included a couple of people like Doug Wagner, the CEO of Echo, uh, Kendra Tucker, the CEO of TruckStop. And Doug Wagner said something about Convoy. He said, you know, their technology was very good. But he said, ultimately, like, they were able to match it. So I think to to create a truly sort of killer app uh, technology that puts you miles ahead of everybody, you know, technology can be repeated. Technology can be uh, not literally copied, but uh, technology can be kind of duplicated. And so I think for a truckload company to think that its technology was going to be so much better than everybody else's, which I think was kind of at the root idea of variant, um, that really is, is very, very difficult to do. John, thank you so much for breaking down this top story. Definitely one that was 
may mark a moment in history, especially here mm-hmm. in Freight Alley. Thanks so much for joining us for this top story. And of course, we'll check in again with you all throughout 2024. Thank you. So that marks the end of top stories number 10 through number six for us. We've got five more to go ahead and break down before we get to that number one story of 2023. We'll have that coming to you in just a few minutes.